Hi, this is Varun Haran, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have the pleasure of speaking today with Dr. Hugh Thompson, who is the CTO at Symantec. Hugh is going to be talking a bit about his perspectives on the global threat landscape, what has changed in the last year since we spoke to him, and some up-and-coming technologies that he's looking forward to. Hi, Hugh. Welcome again to ISMG's podcast. Hey, Varun. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you again. It's a pleasure to have you again, Hugh. The first question, of course, I want to ask you is now you're with Symantec. You were the senior VP with Blue Coast when we spoke to you last. Now, as a CTO at Symantec, from your global vantage point, how has the global threat landscape evolved in the last year? Anyone who is in the security industry is never bored, I think. And that's very true of the past year. It is amazing how many things that we are seeing change in this space. I think the number of targeted attacks and the sophistication of those attacks, you see evidence that folks are really investing. The cyber criminals are investing time, energy, and effort understanding the business processes of, of their victims. I mean, look at, look at the SWIFT banking attacks uh, as just one example of that. That required some very intimate knowledge of how that process worked, and it required a pretty long investment of time. So I think we're we're seeing these targeted attacks become even more personalized, even more targeted uh, towards an individual company, and they're really taking the time to understand the business processes. And then a, another thing that I think has been pretty interesting to watch evolve is how Internet of Things plays into security. I think many of us have witnessed some of the distributed denial of service attacks uh, from IoT devices. And for a lot of people, I think that was a big uh, wake-up call. So I think we're, uh, we're learning a lot in this industry. We're continuing to evolve as we always have been over these, uh, these past few years, but, uh, but it's always busy. Speaking more to what you said, the cyber criminals today seem to be more organized than ever before. And uh, we don't see the same kind of security maturity on the defender's side in terms of scaling at quite the same rate. So as a thought leader in security, what do you think can be done about this? Yeah, I think, I think we are seeing uh, a lot of talent pour in now to the security space. I think more and more folks are seeing security as a career path, as a place that, that they can apply uh, their thirst for constantly solving new problems, and that, that's great to see. I mean, you, you often hear folks talk about the cybersecurity skills shortage that's out there in the market, and I think we need to do even more to attract people uh, that have lots of options in the career path that they take in technology and business. But uh, I'm pretty encouraged by some of the talent that we see pouring into this space. One thing that's also pretty interesting on the Defender side is we are seeing a massive adoption of cloud-based services in the enterprise. It, it is truly a time of sea change uh, in IT. And I think we're we're starting to apply new models of defense to those cloud-based properties, things like cloud access security brokers, and really trying to put a control point in the cloud. And that's encouraging. I think it's going to be very helpful. It's going to be yet another data point, and it's going to be a place that uh, is pretty interesting. You know, you spoke about more talent pouring into security on the white hat side, but would it be fair to say that it's just more lucrative to be a cyber criminal today than to be a defender? 
that's that's a hard thing to say. I think uh, I think the, the cyber criminal always has a challenged life, but we we have seen um, some very successful and uh, and sophisticated attacks over this past year. Um, but I think I think on the defender side, there's a, a lot of uh, really great opportunity to apply creativity. Now, if you look at some of the still evolving problems in security, I think we're we're really in a sweet spot to attract people from mathematics, for example, that that are applying data science on other data sets to try and solve other problems and bring that power to security now. And just purely from an intellectual perspective, it, that's that's very attractive because there's still what I'd say is some uncharted territory in the security space. All right, so Hugh, as a security thought leader, you're a CTO of Symantec. I mean, it's, it doesn't get much bigger than that, right? So what is it about the security landscape today that gives you the most concern? What is the biggest security flaw or vulnerability in organizations today, according to as we continue to adopt cloud pretty aggressively, and as people continue to bring their own devices into environment, I think that there's more and more pressure on that end user to make good security choices every day. And that's a pretty challenging proposition across a wide variety of people that have different backgrounds in technology, different senses of risk online. And I think that you know, a very interesting space is how do we help users make better choices in, in very simple things that they do every day. I click on the link, download a file, open a file. I think that there's a great opportunity there for us to bring technology, assistive technology into the mix and actually help these users make better choices uh, in those little things that they do. If you look at the details on the targeted attacks where we actually know the details of what happened, almost always there is a, a person, a human being, that the attack starts with that made a choice. And I think that, that that's going to be one of the great opportunities in security going forward is how can we help those people in all sorts of different circumstances to make better choice by having their backs and, and running um, some very interesting and sophisticated techniques on large data sets and threat repositories. So it's, it's an exciting time in that way, but very, very challenging, sir. So let's change attack a little bit. You know, the last time I spoke to you, which was, I think, a little more than a year ago at RSA Singapore, you spoke about flexibility and degrees of freedom. In a nutshell, things that change and things that don't, and identifying them and simplifying security like that. So today, if you look at the landscape, what are some of the constants and variables in the security space today? This is such a dynamic space. I'd say you know it is very strange in the sense that there are a set of technologies and techniques that we needed five years ago that we still need today, but yet we have to add additional technologies into the mix. If you think about this adoption of cloud, for example, that is one of those variables that has changed significantly over the last five years. The availability of cloud services, the diversity of those cloud services, services and a challenge for somebody that's trying to protect a business where they want to adopt cloud, they're aggressively in some areas actually going ahead adopting cloud, which is a great thing from a productivity perspective, from a, a user interaction perspective. Uh, but from a security perspective, I think it requires that flexibility and freedom to think differently around how you defend in that space. So there's there, there definitely are the constants of cyber criminals continuing to evolve, continuing to invest. But I think new uh, new technology paradigms in space, like this massive adoption of cloud services, the introduction of IoT is forcing us to constantly ask the question, how do we evolve ourselves in the way that we defend? 
Also, you you know, when we talk about India and Asia, there's been a lot of talk about this whole idea of breach disclosure and how it can help the entire ecosystem. So India and Asia have been flirting with this idea for some time now, but for various reasons, including lack of maturity, lack of uh, awareness, and some cultural sensibilities, this really hasn't come about. So could you articulate your views on why breach disclosure is important and then perhaps some benefits from it that you've noticed in more mature markets? It's interesting to see it play out in a geography. So I think back to the U.S., the first breach notification law was uh, a Senate bill in, in the state of California, SB 1386, uh, back now, wow, almost 13 years ago. The impact that that had was, was pretty substantial in the space. There were many attacks that were going unreported. People didn't know the severity of, of the issue, and that helped to bring that out into the forefront. But it also uh, put a lot more scrutiny on the risk aspect aspect of security and not just the compliance aspect of security. So I think that's what breach notification can do is it give more visibility to folks that are really trying to understand what the risk is out there to a particular sector, to a particular set of users. I think it's been very, very valuable from that perspective. But it is difficult to create the right rules to generate the right behavior around breach notification. And I think that uh, the, the good thing is we've seen uh, a, a lot of different geographies apply different sets of rules and litmus tests for when uh, when you should disclose and uh, uh, and how you should think about that. Uh, so I think that there's uh, there's a lot of interesting models to pull from now. All right. So Hugh, there, there's so many more questions that I'd like to ask you, but then I'm going to restrict myself to this final question. Uh, you predicted in an interview last year that you know behavioral analytics, CASB, and artificial intelligence were some emerging technologies that held a lot of promise for security. Now, a year on, does this potential seem to be panning out? You know, what what is the next big thing to look out for in security? Yeah, it is. It is amazing to see how uh, how those technologies have, have come into play. If I were to bring the crystal ball out again and look look into next year, I think you're going to see a lot more energy and and focus on IoT over this next year, particularly because some of the attacks that that we've seen recently. I think it's brought an awareness to IoT, especially when it comes to people thinking about the security and risk implications of IoT. I think some of the attacks that we've seen recently have brought what was a theoretical set of possibilities into sharp focus as reality from a DDoS perspective, but also just from a availability of data that's sitting on some of these IoT devices. So I think you're going to see a lot of energy, a lot of innovation there. And I think you're also going to see a lot of energy poured into the cloud security space. And, and you know, there, a lot of people uh, think about the term cloud security, and you could mean security delivered from the cloud, which I think that, uh, that you're going to see more and more of. But I think you're also going to see a lot of innovation in security provided to help people adopt cloud more aggressively particularly around things like um, data residency. It's it's challenging when you're thinking about moving a set of business processes to a cloud provider, but you don't have guarantees around where that data is actually going to physically reside in, in a very volatile legislative climate uh, around, uh, around data sovereignty. So I think you're going to see a lot of innovation in that space. All right, Hugh. Like I said, there's a lot more questions that I can ask you, but I think for now, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thanks, Soren. Really appreciate it. Always enjoy it. That was Hugh Thompson, who is the CTO of Symantec for ISNG in Asia. This is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.